The following is an iHeartRadio podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. Our show is about to begin. The score for The Karate Kid from 1984 is equal parts song score and film score. Its eclectic nature all comes together to sweep us up in its dramatic conclusion. This is The Soundtrack Show. Welcome back to The Soundtrack Show. I'm your host, David W. Collins, and this episode is all about the original movie that birthed a very successful franchise, The Karate Kid from 1984. A movie from Columbia Pictures, written by Robert Mark Kamen as a semi-autobiographical piece, directed by John Avildsen, with a film score by Bill Conti. This isn't our first look at the Avildsen-Conti collaboration, The Karate Kid truly is a continuation of that working relationship after their enormous success in 1976 with Rocky, a movie that looked like it was about boxing, but was really about relationships and character development. The same is true with The Karate Kid, and the Avildsen-Conti duo are back at it again with very impressive results. In 1976, Conti scored big, forgive the pun, with his hit Gonna Fly Now. Which was a song that emerged from the film's score and main themes. For more on Rocky, please check out the soundtrack show episode called Rocky the Music. After the first Rocky, Bill Conti went on to score two more Rocky films between the original and The Karate Kid, 1979's Rocky II and 1982's Rocky III, both of which were directed by Sylvester Stallone, Rocky himself. But when Columbia optioned a story about a bullied kid who learns karate to protect himself, Robert Mark Kamen was naturally hired by producer Jerry Weintraub to write the screenplay for what would become known as The Karate Kid Project. Weintraub then called upon John Avildsen to be the director, who of course enlisted the help of Bill Conti for the film's score, as well as several key songs. More on that in a bit. Here's a quote from the La La Land Records 35th anniversary soundtrack release of The Karate Kid, with great liner notes written by Al Kaplan. Quote, While the film's title seemed to imply lightweight fare, its premise sprang from a harrowing true event. In 1964, a young Robert Mark Kamen was bullied by a group of punks at the World's Fair in New York. He subsequently took up defensive martial arts from an Okinawan instructor, who had in turn studied under a sensei named Chosen Miyagi. Kamen grew up to become a screenwriter, one determined to find the right vehicle to tell the story of his youth, 
An opportunity arose when producer Jerry Weintraub optioned an article about a nine-year-old boy who earned a black belt to defend himself from neighborhood bullies. Kamen was enlisted to turn the premise into a feature for Columbia Pictures. He called his script The Karate Kid Project. Kamen's life experiences would translate into an iconic coming-of-age tale. Fatherless teenager Daniel LaRusso reluctantly moves with his mother from Newark, New Jersey to Reseda, California, and soon falls for a pretty valley girl, Allie. Conflict strikes when Allie's jilted ex, Johnny, and his friends bully Daniel. They are karate students of Sensei John Kreese, a merciless Vietnam veteran who runs a dojo called Cobra Kai. Daniel finds an ally in his building maintenance man, Mr. Miyagi, a soft-spoken Okinawan who not only teaches him to defend himself from his enemies, but also instills in him the values that will help him balance his life. The story's underdog appeal was a natural fit for acclaimed director John G. Avildsen. Avildsen's initial casting preferences were called into question by Weintraub. As Ralph Macchio, who played Daniel LaRusso, with his slight physique, was a neophyte when it came to karate, and Pat Morita was best known for television roles, as well as for his stand-up routines. Despite Weintraub's trepidation, Avildsen's instincts prevailed and Morita's surprisingly poised and charming disposition was the perfect foil for Macchio's nervous, improvisational energy. Their chemistry would anchor the film's surrogate father-son relationship. It goes on to say, quote, Another aspect of the film that drew attention was its score, composed by Avildsen's frequent collaborator and Oscar winner Bill Conti. Master Melodist Conti was an ideal match for the Karate Kid subject matter, with Avildsen's Rocky being a quiet inspiration for the story of Daniel and Mr. Miyagi, and Rocky's main theme, Gonna Fly Now, well on its way to becoming one of the most enduring movie themes of all time, it was only fitting that the director re-enlist Conti to compose the music for The Karate Kid. End quote. Bill Conti, like most great film composers, is incredibly versatile. He has the ability to tap into many different styles, genres, what have you, and with The Karate Kid, he not only wrote a film score that was stylistically required to jump all over the place, but he also contributed to the movie's most important pop songs. And it's here that I want to begin discussing the music of The Karate Kid. Because what we will find as we take a closer listen to these 80s pop tunes just might surprise you. The three songs that Bill Conti contributed himself to The Karate Kid are... Feel the Night, The Moment of Truth, and You're the Best. Feel the Night with Baxter Robinson is most prominently heard during Daniel and Allie's first date, and it sounds like this. Have fun. Thanks. You play hockey? Oh, uh, well, you know, not professional. <laughs> I need a picture to remember this fight. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. something that can last. Can you feel the night? Coming out of the way. Oh, yeah. Can you feel the night? 
The Moment of Truth, written by Bill Conti, was performed by the rock group Survivor of Eye of the Tiger fame. More on that later. The Moment of Truth is heard only in the closing credits, after the film score resolves, and it sounds like this. When you're alone, you ask yourself, what are you searching for? Deep in the night, a dream is born, one that you Lastly, there's the most famous of the three, You're the Best, performed by Joe Esposito, written by Conti, with lyrics by Ali Willis. It's heard as the main driving musical force at the end of the movie, as Daniel climbs his way to the top of the All-Valley Karate Tournament, where he will face off with Cobra Kai in the finale. You're the Best sounds like this. Try to be best, cause you're only a man, and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you gotta hang tough to make it. History repeats itself, try and you succeed. Never doubt that you're the one, and you can have your dream. You're the best around, nothing's gonna ever keep you down. You're the best around, and nothing's gonna ever We're going to talk about these songs first, and then discuss the film score. The reason why will become clear as we go along. First, the interesting story behind You're the Best. You're the Best has lyrics that famously say at one point, History repeats itself which seems odd for a song that was written specifically for a movie. History repeats itself. This is, I mean, Daniel just learned karate. This is his first karate tournament as far as I can tell. That's because this song, while written specifically to fit the narrative of a movie, was not originally written for this movie. This song was originally written for Sylvester Stallone for Rocky III. When lyricist Ali Willis wrote the lyrics, she was undoubtedly thinking about the third installment of the Rocky franchise. But ultimately, You're the Best was rejected by Rocky III's director, Sylvester Stallone, who opted instead to use Survivor's Eye of the Tiger. Fortunately, You're the Best found a perfect home in The Karate Kid, for which Rocky, as we mentioned earlier, was a quiet inspiration. And what a tune it is. It is by far the most iconic piece of music from this entire movie. You're the one, and you can have a dream. You're the best. 
What a great use of an 80s tune. You're the Best has become part of the 1980s cultural zeitgeist, solidifying the now classic style of a sports montage in the same way that Gonna Fly Now did back in 1976. But beyond You're the Best, I mentioned two other tunes. And at first, they may not immediately come to mind, but they are very important. Both of these songs are on the originally released soundtrack, which, by the way, is entirely made up of song score. There's not any film score on it. The first song, track one, that kicks off the original soundtrack is the Conti penned, survivor performed, The Moment of Truth. When you're alone, you ask yourself, what are you searching for? Okay, nice melody here in the verse. Very 80s. In the night, a dream is born. One that you can't ignore. Pre-chorus goes a bit minor here, but still very melodic. If you think you can find the passion And you're ready to take a chance If you really believe you can make it Then the power is in your own hands It's a moment of truth Ah, then it's full drama in the chorus. Standing alone, willing to fall. Okay, cool. This song, as I said, is the only song featured in the closing credits. Lastly, there's Feel the Night with Baxter Robinson, heard at the Golf and Stuff on Daniel and Allie's first date. Oh, that's a nice intro. Okay, very 80s verse. Ah, catchy melody as we arrive at the chorus. So, you may be saying to yourself, But the Karate Kid has a ton of memorable songs. What about those? Why are we focusing on just these? Well, actually, I don't want to focus on all three of these. I just want to focus on the last two I played, The Moment of Truth and Feel the Night. Why, you ask? Because, as it turns out, they are the basis for the most important melodies or character themes in the Karate Kid's entire film score. And now for a brief intermission. We return now to the soundtrack show. Ah, the film score to The Karate Kid. As I mentioned, it's filled with different styles, and the opening of this movie makes that very, very clear. After the silence in the Columbia Pictures logo, we open up with a bright, bouncy film score. We're about to witness Daniel and his mother make the cross-country trip from New Jersey to California. As they do, Bill Conti gives us a travelogue of styles to underscore the journey much in the way classic film scores did all the way back to the days of Alfred Newman or the roadshow pictures of Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. When we see the LaRusso station wagon drive through the desert, for example, we're treated to a gentle western motif. As we see the sunset bouncing off the cacti surrounding the highway, we can hear a flute melody accompanied by acoustic guitar. We're even treated to woodblocks that feel like horse hooves. 
as we see more of southern Utah and Arizona with what looks like Zion National Park, the film score seems to imitate the big polychords of Elmer Bernstein's score for The Magnificent Seven. seems to be giving us the grandiose musical treatment of mountains. The point is clear. Our Jersey kid is moving west. And for the time being, it's filled with optimism, as Daniel, who we haven't even met yet, is experiencing these things for the first time. The opening credits are a textbook example of travelogue film scoring. But wait, while we've now discussed the opening music's textures, what about its melodic material? Where does that come from? And what does it mean? What we're going to discover is that the chorus melody from Feel the Night, as well as bits of its intro, is the melody that Conti uses for the film's main love theme. And the verse, and predominantly the pre-chorus melodies from The Moment of Truth, become the basis for the most important melodic pieces in the entire film score. They make up the character theme of our protagonist, Daniel LaRusso. We're going to start with Daniel's theme and listen to how it is weaved all throughout the movie, starting with the opening credits. As a refresher, here's how the melodies sound in the moment of truth. You're alone, you ask yourself, what are you searching for? If you think you can find the passion and you're ready to take a chance. Okay, so let's focus on this. First, this melody here. And this part here. And even a bit in this pre-chorus here. And most importantly, Conti extracts these three notes for the film's most important three-note motif. Let's listen again to the opening music of The Karate Kid. Ah, there it is right away in the opening French horn melody. But skip ahead, and you hear the verse melody played in full as they're driving away from Newark and beginning their journey. But while we hear it again and again in the movie, as I'll demonstrate in a second, we don't quite hear it in the same upbeat way again for a while in our story. When Daniel is riding his bike back home late one night and is bullied off the road and down a steep hillside by the Cobra Kai gang, we hear the moment of truth pre-chorus here.
Later, when Miyagi surprises Daniel by fixing his bike, and Daniel finds it waiting for him at the top of the stairs, we hear a more emotional, electric piano version of the pre-chorus here. Again, these are all part of the moment of truth, which Conti uses as the DNA of Daniel's theme. But ultimately, all of this melodic material gets condensed down to just a three-note motif, as I mentioned, a motif that delivers some of the most important storytelling of the entire film. The three notes in question are these. Right here. While they are technically in the verse melody of the moment of truth as well, right here, they really seem to my ear to come from the pre-chorus, where it's really dominating. Because you hear it over and over again. By the way, even though You're the Best was originally written for Rocky III, and even though the liner notes from the soundtrack album of The Karate Kid suggest that this three-note motif comes from the moment of truth, and that the moment of truth is the melodic material that makes up Daniel's theme, these three notes can also be found at the top of the chorus of You're the Best. As the story of The Karate Kid progresses, Daniel almost hears these notes call out to him when he sees his sensei, Mr. Miyagi, doing the crane kick on the beach for the first time. They're stated. And repeated. And repeated again. This is how we will ultimately hear Daniel come into his own including at the musical climax at the end of the movie. Conti uses a clever device with these three notes. He not only uses them to convey hope, but he also plays them quite often in reverse in the first half of the movie to convey defeat. Here are the three notes. And here they are in reverse. At the top of the movie, when Daniel is first beaten up and left lying injured on the beach, we hear these notes expressed with sadness. When Daniel is the soon-to-be victim again, riding his bike home in the dark, we quietly hear them before he is attacked here. Only towards the end of the movie, as Daniel's friendship with Miyagi blossoms, as does his romance with Ali, the three-note motif finally plays in Moment of Truth style. Or I guess what we would call forward. 
From a musical standpoint, Daniel is literally starting to turn it all around. We'll hear this three-note motif again toward the end of the movie, but I want to save that for a bit later in this episode. For now, since I brought up romance, I want to talk about the love theme, which comes from Feel the Night. Okay, so now let's go back again to those opening credits. Daniel's theme. Okay, got it. And now that we're out west in the desert for the first time, along with our acoustic guitar and clopping horse hooves, we get a flute playing the love theme from Feel the Night. Without even realizing it, we've been given the promise of young love as our protagonist and his mother move out west. Later, the love theme starts to play again, only after Daniel has taken a couple of beatings, and he sees Allie and her friends decorating the school gym. Feeling like his potential love interest is out of his reach, Conti gives us an electric piano version of the Feel the Night intro, accompanied by strings, and then goes into the full melody of the chorus. of young love. Later on in the film, at the end of their first date at Golf and Stuff, Daniel is made fun of by the Cobra Kai gang and Allie's girlfriends, who all speed away together in a convertible. Allie decides not to go with him and stays behind with Daniel, who doesn't quite trust the decision. Does she really like me? Can we get past our societal differences and be together? As the argument between the two of them plays out, Conti gives us a wind and pluck string version of the Feel the Night intro again. Even later on in the story, after Daniel has found his confidence and meets up with Allie at Golf and Stuff to apologize to her and win her over, the couple finally kiss in front of the water slide that they'll have to come back and ride someday. As they do, Conti rewards the full blossoming of their romantic relationship with a confidently stated romantic version of the full Feel the Night chorus melody.
And now the stage is set for our themes, our characters, and our songs to come together in the finale. The soundtrack show will continue in a moment. We return now to the soundtrack show. As we heard before, Bill Conti uses the songs he wrote for the Karate Kid as thematic material for its characters. Well, remember that three-note motif? We hear it again as Daniel is training, alone, in a montage that arrives late in the movie. What we're about to hear is the Moment of Truth theme start to emerge in full, for the first time since the opening credits. When you're alone, you ask yourself. We're going to hear some pan flute, which we will discuss at length in the next episode. What I want to concentrate on for now is the melody that emerges as Daniel takes on everything that he's learned and begins to transform into the Karate Kid. Let's listen. Here's the whole verse melody from Moment of Truth, played on a pan flute. Now it crescendos into the strings playing the three-note motif, with the flute echoing it. Now Conti develops it here. Really nice. So, By the time we get to the All-Valley Karate Tournament, it doesn't just come out of nowhere when, after we hear the You're the Best montage, the movie's final climactic moment is scored with these three notes. Before I play the end, I want us to hear the melody again from the verse of Moment of Truth. When you're alone, you ask yourself now, let's listen to the finale music from The Karate Kid in isolation, knowing full well where the melody is sourced from and how, through a series of twists and turns, it's been developed to pay off in this moment. episode, we're going to talk about what this movie is really about. Mr. Miyagi and one of the most enduring and heartwarming on-screen friendships and mentorships in movie history. We'll discuss at length the music behind Mr. Miyagi, 
how his character is scored and how it isn't, and continue to illustrate the variety of styles and mashups that Conti used in The Karate Kid. We'll also discuss more song score, such as the great use of Bananarama's hit Cruel Summer, and we'll even play the movie's finale again, but this time with omitted cues from the movie restored for us to hear for the very first time. Thank you. The Soundtrack Show is an iHeartRadio podcast. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.